The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about and that's really fun. I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get me to the like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game chain. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Hello, Wexford. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. Well, Ben, as pointed out by Dara Harnady, uh, you called it in one of the earlier podcasts, our inevitable championship clash with Clare. I do seem to remember you saying something like, until we're inevitably knocked out by Clare again am i right there am i remembering that right or do you still feel the same way uh, i still i just have nightmares i've been knocked out by claire every single year but i'm gonna change the inevitably to our inevitable heroic performance where we finally defeat claire that sounds much better yeah the ring, the, that has a nice ring to it well wexford bet Kerry by 330 to 18 points at the weekend and we're joined by former Wexford veteran and a coach with the Wexford under-20s, Aina Martin, a man whose dedication to Wexford hurling knows no bounds. We look back at the Kerry game and we look ahead to the big one this Saturday in Thurless versus Clare. So Aina, do you think that Clare now will be fearful after our, our big win in Tralee over the weekend? I don't know will they be fearful after Tralee, will they read much into that, but... Um... It'd be as fearful as any team going into a going into an All Ireland quarter final. Um, I suppose they've had our measure in the last um, three or four years in championship. Um, I think the big thing for Clare is how they how they react and recover from the monster final. I, I know they've got a lot of confidence from that, but um, they also would have invested a huge physical and emotional kind of energy into it. So. Um, they probably take a lot of confidence from it, but as well, they'll they'll just have to refocus and and um, try to get the best out of themselves as well. So they will like there's no doubt they'll focus on Wexford and and they would have done video analysis and looked at the game and and probably looked at Wexford's games in Leinster Championship really more so to try to get a feel for what's going on and uh, who's playing where and who's doing what, you know. So um, I'm sure they won't be taking us for granted anyway, Ben. It was a, it was a good, solid professional performance on Saturday against Kerry, wasn't it? I mean, like obviously, there was the Westmead game that was mentioned a lot. I think it was even mentioned by Jackie Terrell saying, "Well, you know, Wexford play at the level of the team they're playing against." I thought that was a bit unfair because I mean, we ha- we did hammer Leash earlier on, but also I don't think Westmead are as bad as people make out to be. But it was still Wexford needed to be professional in on on Saturday not take anything for granted and they did that yeah and I think that's one of the things when you're involved with a team um, is to go about each game as professionally um, as you can and um, I suppose going down to Tralee the big thing for Wexford is to go down and get the win um, which they did and impressively enough and and We've been guilty over the years of um, scraping by games that you should be winning. Um, when you go look at it, some of the bigger teams, you could say that we'll go down and and hit the ground running and the game will be over after a couple of minutes or whatever. But um, I'd be happy with the game. Um, scoring 330, 
is good. Um, I think lads will get confidence from it. Um, a couple of good things. Good to get some minutes in the Shane wreck. Lee was very good when he when he was needed. His frees are good. Getting goals from Rory and Connor Mack as well. So the lads will be positive coming out of that. Mack um, finally scored his uh, trademark swivel and strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been he's been unlucky with them against Dublin and against Kilkenny, but uh, it was important to get that one in. He's been threatening, yeah, yeah, and he does it every night in training as well. He'll swivel and he absolutely bury it. So, um, no, but it is good and and it's good for confidence in that. Um, but I would be happy with the attitude of lads going down. And um, like, they're tricky. They're tricky games, as we would have seen from the lads coming up to Mullingara. And I know um, Westmead are an awful lot better, but I'm just saying in terms of. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in those games. If you go down and hammer a team, people will say, oh, that team was no good. If you go down and you barely win, you're no good. Um, But the big, like, the thing we would have always looked at is there's three results. You can win, you can draw, and you can lose. And if you just win, well, that's the main thing. So the lads are after winning now. That game is in the past, and they can be looking forward to clear and... um, they kind of got through without any major injuries. I know Cahill got injured. I'm not sure how how uh, how bad he is, but um, yeah, I'd say they'd be happy coming up the road, Gary. Yeah, hopefully. Well, as you said, I mean, there was some good performances. Ushin Foley was very good. He chipped in with mm. a couple of points. Mogi was doing a lot of uh, practicing on his uh, on the sidestep. He was dummying lads left, right, and center. Um, but I the work rate for me. Was was excellent. Like we've mentioned, Mac, but Mac scoring was great. I think he got one three. He turned over the ball a couple of times. Uh, whether he made the fullback over carry at some stage or he just won the ball back off him, it was it was great to see that f- from him inside, like in in a game that might mightn't be as glamorous. You could say, yeah, and that's the cornerstone to every performance, really. Um, we're probably all sick of hearing about work rate and players working hard and and intensity and all these words but that's what it's all about really you know and to see Connor doing that and all the forwards really and the likes of Oshin um, the same Rory worked very very hard um, Lee worked hard as well as tackling was very good so um, that brings a performance as well do you know what I mean like you'd often yeah. see when lads work hard they actually kind of get a bit of look from it and they get chances and and um they kind of go hand in hand so it's great to see that and uh again going into clear game the lads know that they can work hard do you know what i mean and, and they were probably questioned for it i suppose after mullingar um and after the league semi-final i suppose but they've answered both times so now it's to just get it from day one really isn't it just yeah three more three more days and then three more yeah <laughs> please <God. laughs> Uh, the first thing that was fairly noticeable in the game was the first few minutes that Johnny Murphy had brought his whistle and cards and he was <laughs> fully intended on using them all. Uh, I think he blew the whistle, I don't know how many times in the first five minutes, but I, I, I was just thinking it's going to be one of those days. Uh, those three yellow cards in the first 13 minutes, nine yellows and a red in total. I mean, it wasn't a dirty game. But do, do you think that this was on the back of the Munster final the week before where everyone said a fantastic game, well done to Keenan for letting the game flow, but there's so much talk about the retrospective action and the, the fouls that were missed, which we'll, we'll get into it more a little bit later. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I suppose that it's probably the way with all referees in GAA that a lot of, a lot of rules are open to interpretation. And each ref will interpret something different, a tackle differently, or a shoulder, or whatever. So, um, obviously, Johnny blew an awful lot. Um, probably suited our lads at the start, really. I think Lee got, did we go five points to one up? I think Lee got the first. They went four five minutes, didn't we? Maybe five it was minutes, three, yeah. So, um, do you know, in a game like that, it, it, it it wasn't free-flowing, but it kind of settled our lads in a bit and did a 4-5 point lead straight away, which they 
kept for a lot of it. I know Kerry came back, but um, yeah, they, like those games aren't pretty to watch. Probably not pretty to play in as well. Um, but it's hard to know. Like looking at the Munster final, it was probably one of the best games we've seen in a while. And John Keenan had his part to play in that. Yeah. And we always r- remember those great games where it's just helter-skelter up and down the field. And if you have a ref blowing a whistle the whole time, that's not going to happen. Um, but then the other side of it, if there's a lot of fouls going on, the ref probably should be blown. So it's kind of a... Um, it's hard to marry both of them, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I just I, think there's a middle ground in it. Like it has I, to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I I know Keenan let the Munster final go, but I still think if he had seen some of those incidents, um, that like he, he would have dealt with them. He would have get the given the red cards, but he obviously just didn't see them. I mean, if, okay, if, you can't see everything. Like, yeah. There's one ref on the field, and you know yourself. Even when you're hurling, it's hard to keep up with the game at times like there's been games where I've played where I can't even keep up with Latin American so that's the same thing <laughs> and the ball is flying and it's going so quickly and especially championship hard ground all that and like it's impossible for a ref to see everything so maybe John was better off he didn't see stuff you know um, but that's a different discussion then you're going into having two referees or having a video ref and all that so that's for a different day I think <laughs> uh, so yeah. I always find it it's just amazing that the biggest compliment ref will get is that he didn't ref the game yeah. <laughs> he just let it go like. yeah. it's just ridiculous you didn't do your job <laughs> well done well done, well done. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if we go back to the Wexford and it was something I, I was looking up earlier uh, we kept Kerry to 8 points from play mm. which is great going we kept Kilkenny 2 on 8 from play uh, the last day. Westmead 2 5 from play. Kept Leash 4 points from play. Defensively, we're doing very well. I mean, our games are a lot tighter, you could say, than especially some of the Munster games. But defensively, they're a solid unit and they seem to be working. Like, if you take away, I suppose, the, the Waterford um, League semi final, maybe the, the Walsh Cup final. That was a good good while ago now. But even in the league, I think we had the the lowest conceded after the group stages. Do you think that's kind of the cornerstone of the team is, is to keep it tight, first and foremost? Yeah, sure. It probably has been for the last five years. And lads know how to do that now. And lads are good at that. And we have players that are able to do that like that's like that's their strong side of their game I suppose and if you look at um, like probably after the Walsh Cup final I know the lads probably didn't read into that but I might have just given them a little kick to tighten up a bit and um, they did it for the league after the league semi-final probably a little bit open again another little kick to tighten up a little bit and um, but our, our defence has been doing really really well and as well as that our defence is actually scoring a good bit as well Gary yeah, you know, like I think last weekend, Paddy Foley and Simon were probably the only two that didn't score from the starting six. Simon Dunne, whose hot streak is over. His hot streak is over. Yeah, he was flying before that, but yeah, um, was. which is great as well because then it's not all kind of shutting the whole thing down. You know what I mean? That they're actually able to shut it down, but also they're able to have a license to shoot and 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 uh, go forward a little bit as well so um but that is important like you have to like the further you go in championship it's about shutting teams down as well like and stopping the main lad scoring and like uh, there'd be no better advantage example of that than in Turles this weekend with the forwards clear half you know yeah. and for Wexford to, to get a result in that game they're going to have to shut the lads down yeah I mean you mentioned with four of the back scoring and in previous games I mean Connell Flood has been popping up with loads of scores mm-hmm. uh, Simon Donahue as, Simon, as yeah. Ben had mentioned he, his streak is over now but he's he's been scoring a good bit uh, it's another thing I noticed on, against Kerry and it was their full, for the first goal and I just thought it was glorious um, Matt gets the ball and he gives it to Mikey and he continues his run from midfield 
uh, Damien Rick is back inside his own 65 at this stage and he just makes a short burst forward looking for him back from Mikey but Mikey turns and gives it back to Matt who's at this stage just ra- just legged it forward and he was inside the 45 and you'd think at that stage like Matt could have put it over easily or could have you know he could have gone himself at the goal and um, seen what happened there but Damien says no screw it I'm going to keep going and he just bursts forward himself like you kind of thinking what's he at but then he gets it back from Matt and gives it across to Mac for the first goal I just thought Mac, yeah. like what we were 24 points 13 up at the at the time and it just, it just, just the energy that that was brought by something like that it, it's great it, it, the freedom obviously that Matt was able to go flying forward and then Damien from inside his own 45 was able to just go flying forward that must be hard to defend against Oh yeah, sure. Like if you've, I suppose, two lads coming against your three lads, the defender has an option. Who does he go to? Do you know what I mean? Does he stay? Does he go? If you go too soon, it's past over you. Um, if you go too late, your man can score. Um, but our lads are good at that. Our lads, and, and they have been over the years, they're running off the shoulder and they're comfortable at that now as well. And they're very comfortable with the ball in the hand. Um, such a match was very comfortable. Damien was flying, absolutely flying. Um, and he, he, has he, he, he passed well. out nine carry players with that run. But he has some legs like Damo's Damo can move like and serious hurler as well. And the other thing with that is well, Gary, it actually suited our lads in the second half playing against the wind because historically when we play against the wind our wing forward line probably come out a bit midfield come out a bit yeah. so just create that space inside which is easier to run into then you know what I mean that they can put that ball into Mikey and continue to run or, um, but the lads are good at that like and that's the way the game is going you know um, you see if you see any of the scores in any of the hurling games lately like there's runners left right and centre um, you see the Antrim goals Cork goals at the weekend it's all runners like you know, talk about runners and how well Damien Rick is playing. Now, you mm-hmm. would almost think with how well he did against own Cody that his attacking strengths are gonna, probably going to be sacrificed to mark Tony Kelly. Would that be what you expect to see? I would probably think so. If they line up as they do on the program, he'll be on him anyway. But I know that, that never really. Um, or not even on the program, but like the way Demo was playing, like he was kind of around centre back. Tony Kelly was centre forward ish, but I would say he would be. Um, the beauty of Demo is Demo can go any way you want him. Um, he'll hurl, he'll attack, he'll man mark, he'll stay back, he'll replay, he'll sweep. Demo's um, really, really like every year he's improving. Um, and uh, I would say he'd probably be on Tony Kelly. We don't know. We won't know that till Saturday, but um, probably looks like the, the right person to do it. Seeing, um, Shane obviously mightn't be back in time. Shane did a very good job on him last year. Um, but yeah, you just have to weigh up, which is probably more important. Do you want them to man mark or do you want them to go forward? And I know Dara and William and Niall and the lads will have that figured out and they'll know if if they must stand back, that it gives someone else probably a bit of license to move, you know, which they can as well. Like, you look at Matt, who's able to move, Paddy can, um, Simon. Yeah, uh, very, very, such a dynamic backline, really. Yeah, 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 there's a bit of everything in it. Uh, yeah, you mentioned, like, Shane Reck being back, and he did a great job on him last year. He, probably, he was Wexford's best player last year, and he, he did get 10 minutes at the weekend, but... It'd be too soon for him, wouldn't it? Probably might be, yeah. Sure. We don't know what he's been doing in, in training, really, and, and how much he's, how up to speed he is. But going into Turles against Clare now and then all in the quarterfinal, um, it was great to get a couple of minutes into Shane. Um, but it might just come a bit too soon. But again, we won't know. But um, I know the way Shane keeps himself and the way he trains. And I know he had a bad hamstring injury. Um, but um, could be it could be a little bit too soon. I think with these games, you can't um, you can't replace 
confidence that you get from playing games, from getting the minutes on your belt. If you have a load of championship games played underneath you and you, you know you can go for for 70 minutes and and uh, it's hard to replicate that in training as well. Yeah. So um, I thought it was nearly just, uh, a mistake when I saw Damien Rick following Owen Cody around in the last game or the, against Kilkenny because he was so good going forward for us. Mm-hmm. But then he did so well defensively that it turned out to be the right decision. Was it just about making the making that call at the right moment? Yeah, and that's why that's why the managers are in the jobs, you know what I mean? And 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 they're they're kind of um they're the calls that uh, like can kind of make or break a game really for you because it might have went well and then everyone's saying, Oh, I was demo on Gordy and then Ben would have been ready. Ben, ben, ben would have been ready, ready to attack. Yeah, our best, our biggest attacking threat all of a sudden, man. <laughs> but yeah, but um, listen, it works and uh, very similar sort of a build and pace and all that to on Gordy. So it was a really good matchup, you know. Um, but I know what you're saying, like it, like it, it stopped them going forward, but. In the end, we didn't. Uh, we probably needed a more at the back that day, you know, and it worked. No, obviously, Claire have two, well, two suspensions at the minute mm-hmm. for Peter Duggan and Rory Hayes. Mm-hmm. But considering the way a lot of GA suspensions go with appeals lately, would we be would we be confident that Peter Duggan and Rory Hayes will actually be suspended come Saturday? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know. Uh, there's a fair chance you'd see the boys on the pitch. I say the way things are going. Um, I presume Claire would appeal. I think they'd be huge losses. I think Rory Hayes has been one of Claire's main men and also probably a main man marker. And you probably would have predicted him to pick up Rory, I'd say. Yeah. Um, no, he got absolutely roasted the last day. He did by Rory, yeah. Um, or in, in, in the Munster final. Yeah, my friend again. But yeah, absolutely destroyed. Um, but yeah, so there would be lost Peter Duggan as well. So it's hard to know. Like they, we've all seen appeals. You saw with Armagh um, in the football and the, in the Ulster Championship this year. Um, it seems to be a thing in in the GAA when you get a suspension. Oh, I'll appeal it. Um, that seems to be your first step, rather than doing a John Milan on it in 2004 that he just said, no, I'll take my suspension. Take the um, medicine. Yeah. It's, it so. seems, um, like, I assume that they could only appeal on it for the fact that, not, not for what they did, because what Hayes did is a red card all day long, but they appeal it more that it, it's not, hasn't been done very often where they've gone back and given a suspension when it was missed by the referee. On a technicality or some sort of a yeah a rule yeah um yeah it's 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 a funny one um could could they claim that he never touched Flanagan because Flanagan never uh, flinched <laughs> yeah that he stopped <laughs> a couple of away from him yeah I don't know it's it's actually it's a minefield really the whole suspension talking GA and and. But it is a thing you see every year, isn't it? Like you just get you get suspended, you appeal it, you get off. You might lose the first appeal and you just keep going up the chain until eventually keep going as you yeah. But Claire, like obviously from a Claire point of view, they want their best 15 hurlers on the field. Um and if they feel that the chance to get them back. Then they'll do what they yeah, can. Yeah, that's the chance to get them back, but also that if they feel hard done by the by, by the way it was done or whatever, I, d- I don't know. I'm sure they will appeal. So um, I think we just have to keep refreshing the Twitter feed now for the next couple of days. And, and uh, yeah. judging by Twitter, the Clare support definitely feels aggrieved by by this decision and 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 other decisions. There's conspiracy theories going around yeah. about about um. About what's happening there, what 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 has there been? There's been the penalty against Tip last year, the COVID gate last year with Wexford, the yeah. Galvin red card this year. 
and now this the Hayes and Duggan retrospective action being taken. Have they have they a pointer? Yeah. Are they are they looking for? Yes, I don't know. Are, are they are they getting a bit? Of <laughs> I'll stay over there. <laughs> <laughs> you were involved um, in 2020 against Clare and Wexford. Obviously, were beaten by Clare last year as well. And there was nearly more focus on the the Davy versus Brian Lowen than the game itself. Do you think that had any impact on things in in preparation or on the match day itself? And do you think that maybe this year the fact that that's not there as part of the narrative is is it makes any difference? Um, I'm not sure does it have any impact directly on players or on how the teams approach the games. Um, I think there's a lot made of obviously like there was the narrative about Davy and Brian Lowen and being played out in the media and all that and that was obviously going to pop up and it, it, it'd be the same this year if they were involved. Um, and I think the media will hop on that and make a big deal out of it. You see the same with Henry and Brian Cody at the moment. That, that's, taken, that's taken over this year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But all those things like um, your Cork and Kerry Park you're in. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always a side story to every game and that can that can overshadow the actual game itself. From a player's point of view, um, no, I think players are so professional in their approach now and 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 so single-minded that they know they have their own job to do um at the weekend. So if Shane Rick is going out to mark Tony Kelly or um John Conlon is going to be picking up Lee Chin or whoever it is, that's what they're going to focus on. Um yeah. you know it's it's just it's so serious nowadays. I I I just don't think filters down there obviously was a lot of talk about it and a lot of outside noise and and um that i don't think it affects players though i, I just think lads are nearly beyond that at this stage um now the more noise there is about it obviously the harder it is to block yourself away from it and if everyone is asking you or if lads are working or whatever and they're in the week leading up to a game and if everyone's mentioned it it's obviously going to creep up a little bit but in terms of going out onto the field no um you would have your own certain targets in games the team would have targets um they'd have the video analysis done they'd know which way they want to play they'd know what sort of pokers they want to do and that's what's said in the dressing room and that's what's said in meetings beforehand and that's what's focused on there's there's nothing um personal in anything or like you know it's kind of beyond that if you get me yeah yeah it wouldn't have been ending that Davy would have mentioned at all in, never. in wrestling never no no because no, never no uh, in Owen Larkin's book he kind of talked about um or not uh, Brian Cody that sometimes he would if something happened in a previous in, in the league or in, in the previous year or something, he'd make sure to make a point of that in the dressing room when they were playing that team again and uh, kind of like that's not going to happen again and use yeah, it as, use it as fuel. Like yeah, or if you got if you got bet by him. So I'm sure I'm sure last year in Turles the boys would have been talking about Portish and getting bet by Claire and and um trying to overturn that or um say this year if the lads ended up playing Waterford there's no doubt they would have talked about the league semi-final in Nona Park and that yeah. that's not going to happen again and probably specifics of that is if your man got a couple of goals do you know what I mean? that's not happening again yeah yeah but there wouldn't be any personal state of stuff really or, or anything from like that way you know what I mean but definitely past experiences against teams or a poor performance or um, a poor performance the day before so there's no doubt going into Nolan Park this year the boys would have talked about the performance of Monagar no doubt yeah you know and that would be used uh, if we go back to matchups um, mm. Connor Cleary on Connor Mack 
that's uh, yeah. it's one that Connor Cleary's done well in the last couple of years. More like he just seems to be the type of player that he, he's not going to win the ball, but he's going to he's going to do everything he can to stop the laddies on winning the ball. And I mean, he gets caught with a lot of yellow cards because he would do his fair bit of holding off the ball and stuff. Uh, is that is that one that is that going to be a target of Wexford maybe getting the ball in to see how that is early on to see if Connor can get the better of him early on? Yeah, I think so, and especially with Matt getting the goal last weekend, and and he probably has a bit of confidence in him. Um, that's what Connor clearly does, and he's really good at it, and and he's a he's a great fullback you'd like to have that sort of fullback on your team. Do you know what I mean? Like, does a job, stops his man scoring. Like, we tend to forget at times that the back's first job is to stop their <laughs> forward scoring and at all costs. And if, if you look at some of the old school backs, like, they'd happily not puck a ball as long as they're <laughs> man did. Um, but yeah, like, I, I suppose from, from a clear point of view, that's going to be the matchup that's going to be there. Um, Jordan Mack is going to be full forward, I'd say, and Conor Deary is going to be full back. Um, I suppose the rest of them really depend on Rory Hayes, um, if he plays or not. Um, if he plays, he probably picks up Rory O'Connor. If he doesn't play, does that shift Paul Flanagan across on Rory O'Connor? Um I don't that's know. Not, that fella's not too bad either. He defined very game. good, yeah. Very, very good, yeah. See, like people forget that Paul, I suppose, Paul Flanagan, he's only starting championship lately. Um, played a lot of league games, uh, played in the club at Ireland, a couple of Munster club championships with the club as well. So um, he's good. He was very good against Limerick now, I thought. Um, yeah. yeah, and then it, it all depends on. I suppose the clear the, the clear back six is probably fairly settled. So it depends on Roy Hayes. But the matchups then will probably depend on where we play our lads. Yeah, like you know Chin has been playing inside a lot. And yeah. Like you'd you'd imagine that Rory Hayes or Fanagan don't probably match up to Chin that well. Yeah, and an idea like a matchup for Chin. Straight off the bat is uh, John Cannon, isn't it? <laughs> you know, um, a match up for Jacko is Davy Mack. Uh, maybe Davy Mack and Ernie is a match up for Chin as well if he goes wing forward. So, um, the way things are gone, like, and especially in forwards and forward positions, and teams play different formations now. Um, that I'm sure we asked any of the forwards that you have on, they've probably in the 70 minutes of a championship game, they'll probably play in five of the six positions. Yeah. Four or five of the six positions. Just because everything, and especially formations and the way they move, but also the way teams set up for pokers now as well, that if the wing forward is after shooting and making a run in, the corner forward will come out and cover his position for the pokers. He'll probably stay there for the next play as well. So then he ends up marking someone different. So, um. Unless there's a specific man mark and role or a specific position like Connor Cleary will be full back and Mac will be full forward. Um you could see lads on anyone, you know. The Cleary Mac one will be very dependent on the ref, I think. Yeah. You know, because Cleary does a hell of a lot of holding. And Gillan yeah. the last day was complain apparently complaining for most of the game that he was been held. And then towards the end of it, the ref started to give him the freeze and then he started to get on top. Yes, and again, there you go. You're back to your Johnny Murphy style, John Keenan style. Do you know what I mean? Column Lines is the ref, lads. Um, column, lines. column Lines is the ref. Corks. Column would blow it a bit. Yeah, um, I'd say. So, might be a bad thing. Um, might be a bad thing, especially the way Chinny's hitting the freeze, yeah. But yeah, if um, it, it, that's, that's what I was kind of saying. If Wexford you know, sending a few long balls early enough in on top of Connor Mack and Cleary. Connor Mack or Connor Cleary has to kind of hold and foul Connor Mack, and he nearly does it the whole time. And if he gets away with it, he'll continue. And if the game is that flow, he'll get away with it all game long. And it's kind of then there's no point in hitting that long ball in on top of Mack because 
it's just going to come back out. It's going to be broken and Claire probably have an extra man there to, to clean it up. But if if the referee blows one or two early, then Conor Cleary's under pressure for the, for the whole game. Yeah, and the other side of it then is Mac is actually, should we know, he's an unbelievable hand. He's very good in contact. Mac likes to feel the contact of the fullback, if you get me. Yeah. So he can actually adjust his catching and all that. If you, see, if you look back at some of Mac's best catches are ones where the fullback or cornerback is literally all over him. Um, so he's that sort of a player. So I wouldn't fear from in there, you know what I mean? I, like, I think the lads will put him in and um, and see how it goes. That's all you can do, do you know what I mean? Same with anything. Like, you try it. If it doesn't work, go short. If, um, if it is working, keep going with it. Um, and the lads are cute enough. Players are cute enough now to know what's going on around them like that. That if that if there's a if there's a player making hay, that they'll keep hitting them, or if something's not working, that they'll change on field as well. You know, lads are very aware nowadays. I think. Yeah. Um, I think a big I I think a big matchup now, and he's 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 probably a been flying and and he wouldn't be one of the main names for Clare but uh, David Fitzgerald midfield has been yeah unreal unreal I think he got five points from play against Limerick and, and two um, goals in the, against Waterford two, two, two or something, something. from midfield um, so that's a matchup that needs to be looked at and he's a massive man Um That'll be interesting. The other midfielder then is Davy Reedy. So it's kind of a if Cahill was playing, that's kind of a bit of a match there, I suppose. Um Tony Kelly's going to be the big one. Peter Duggan plays. He'd be probably on Liam. He's probably going to play full forward. Liam will be full back. Um that's a good matchup too. Playing. Good matchup. Good matchup. And it's a matchup people would pick, like, you know. Two lads who don't uh, have many backward gears. <laughs> no, no, yeah. You could see Liam attacking as well. Um, Cotton alone, wing forward, would probably suits Matthew or Potty. Same size. Um, goes back to field a lot, kind of works back when it those wing forwards. Um, and then the other wing forward last, I think it was, was it Shane O'Donnell was the other. Shane O'Donnell, he's yeah. He's there 12. So that's macho and party. So again, a lot will depend on what they do with Tony Kelly. Does Damo pick him up? Does Macho Macho pick him up? Whoever, probably not Macho if he's going to be wing back. But um, Ryan Taylor then is the other one. So he was corner forward. I think he got three points in the Munster final from play. Um, lively. Might see Dooley on him. I'd say. It's for people, um, that's Simon Donoghue. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Simon Donoghue, yeah. Um, but again, all these could be thrown out. You could go up the Turles on Saturday <laughs> and they could have no one marking them. <laughs> that's the joys of trying to call things a week in advance. But um, yeah, the, the, it's it's going to be a very interesting game. Hugely interesting. How important do you see the the crowd being on uh, on Saturday? Like we saw the Munster final and the massive crowd that Clare brought to that, and just Turles being full and buzzing. Wexford now need to bring a good crowd to Turles on Saturday, get out in force to 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 create the buzz around it. Um. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um. I think they will travel. Um, I think uh, if we look back at some of our best performances over the years and some of the best results, it's been when there's been a full house or a huge crowd in Co Park or down the park or up in Nolan Park. So it's important that the supporters travel. And um, from a player's point of view, they've, you know, the lads feed off that as well. And, and um, when the game is in the mix. The extra supporters are uh, hugely important and um, can feed into their team that way. So it's uh, it's vital that they do get up there and support the lads, yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're thinking about going, just go. 
get your ticket. They're probably limited enough at this stage, but get your ticket and get to Tarlis. Are we going to do it? I think we have a serious chance, yeah. Yeah, I really, really do. Um, I'd always back Wexford, the same as yourselves. Um, to our detriment at times, and it's the hurt or it's the hope that kills you at times, isn't it? But you're always going in thinking you have a chance. Um, I think the lads are starting to move well, though. I think they're um, be interested to see how Claire reacted to the, the monster final as well and how they recover from that. And but um, yeah, Claire probably better this year than they have been in the last couple of years, and they did beat us. They did, yeah, 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 and they're moving really well, and and their performances over in Munster have been top class, really, and and um, I think they matched Limerick for a lot of it, didn't they, in in the Munster final? They did, they, they really did. Well, of course they did. They brought them to extra time. I know they brought them to extra time, but I mean, matched them. They matched them in every aspect, intensity like, and physical, yeah. First touch, hurling, um, scores. Um, what did they finish up with? Twenty-four points and twenty-nine after extra time. So, um, they're scoring. Tony Kelly's on a different planet, I think, at the moment. As I said, the other last there, Davy Fitzgerald, Ryan Taylor, Peter Duggan. Like it's funny, Shannon Donald didn't score in the Munster final, which is very unusual as well. But he, he, he played well and worked hard. Um, he actually gave away a lot of frees. <laughs> He did. I think someone said he gave away seven or eight frees, but that's probably a testament to how hard he was working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you'd probably rather that than have a lad inside that's not even trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have to start quicker than last year. Last year, like, was it after 15 minutes, the game was nearly over, but we actually did work our way back into it and got bit by three yeah. after. Was it from the... It was water breaks last year, wasn't there? Wasn't it was, it yeah. Same? From yeah. the water break on, we were flying. Yeah. And um, the first 15, the first 15, I can't remember offhand now, but it was just really, really slow start. Rory missed a goal as well, didn't he? Yeah, he had the side netting. He the side netting. I actually, uh, I jumped up and cheered the, go- cheered the goal. You saw it then? I didn't realise like five minutes later that it wasn't on the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's some good performances like as we mentioned earlier. Shane Rev was very good. Carl Dunbar probably had his best game. Yeah, in midfield last year in Turles as well. Um, yeah, the lads will be looking forward to this now. We're going in as underdogs. I think it's the lads are three to one on on Paddy Power. So that's uh, it's big. Sure. Yeah, it's big, isn't it? It's big. Yeah, yeah. It's Nothing big, to lose. Um, What's the pressure on Claire? Hopefully, Gary. Yeah. If Duggan plays, does he take over the freeze? I think he's better than Kelly at, at freeze. And had he been taking the freeze again the Munster final, Kelly missed four, I think. Claire could be Munster champions. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It's a difficult one. Um what did he score? He took over and scored. Like he was before he left for Australia, he was the free taker. And it wasn't Kelly. And one of the, I, I think we looked at his percentages one year and he was 90s, like he was unreal. I think when they bet us in um, 18, was he taking freeze then? Parky Cueve? Possibly. I think he was. Um, oh, he would have been, he would have been. That was the year he was one of yeah, the top scorers. Yeah, he was unreal. Did he get an all-star that year? Maybe he did. I think he did. He scored the finest point I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, yeah. In the semi-final. Um, do you take Tony Kelly off? God, um, I don't know. Um, it's great well, to have a backup plan. Well, you'd have to know that Peter Duggan is allowed to play first now before you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I probably wouldn't if if they're both playing. I, being honest with you, if I was manager, I'd be leaving Kelly do whatever he wants. <laughs> um, do, do you think? Ke- do you think Kelly decided, or Duggan, or the management decided against Limerick that Duggan would take the next freeze? I think it all depends on. Obviously, there's a bit of talk that Tony Kelly is carrying a knock, and we would have probably seen that in the last couple of minutes there that he wasn't as prominent. I know he put the side then over the bar, but apparently he was carrying a knock the last uh, while in that monster final. So maybe it was as a result of that, he might have told Duggan to take it. Um, 
if not, and it was Brian Lawn, it was it was a fair call, wasn't it? Um, yeah, certainly. Was. They're the things you'll never know. That's why you you'd love to get these um, kind of insights that you see in NFL and these games. Yeah, and stuff, be, be class. Uh, you know I was I mean? just thinking, like, if it was Kelly, and he said no. Peter, you take the freeze there from now on. And then with the last side, he was like, no, no, I, I yeah. take that one. I, I have that. I take that, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how it worked out because Dogan scored on first, you see. Yeah. But it was on the right side for Kelly. Um, and no, it was just amazing. No Adrian Fenlon. No Fenno, no, in fairness. Um, but I just think with Kelly, with the confidence there, he showed like, this is, I was talking to a lad there and he said that the way Kelly looked when he was hitting it, if there was three clear lads on their own, he wasn't passing it. Okay, that was going over the bar and that was it. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 a great option for Claire to have. Obviously, if Tony Kelly is hitting him, that you've won the best free takers in Ireland as your backup. Because we all know, and we've all been on both sides with, be a club or whatever. You've you've lost games because of a free taker yeah and we won games because you're a free taker um so that's hugely important especially with the margins being so small and especially as we mentioned with um dependent on how the game is ref that there could be a huge amount of freeze and you could yeah. get a huge score on the board um fairly quickly you know yeah, well, so, um, I, I, yeah. I don't care if it's a scrappy game that comes down to free takers alone as long as Wexford get the win. But um, we'll move on now. We'll go back to the, the game, the Wexford Kerry game, and we'll go to yeah. our Hurler of the Week, which is sponsored by Bolands Wexford Ford, the official Ford dealership located in Ferrybank, Wexford. Number one for new and used cars in Ireland. So, Aina, who uh, who is your choice for this week's Hurler of the Week? Um. Yeah, there was a lot of good performances, and as we, as we've mentioned before, um, you see Rory getting one four from play, Conor Mack getting one three, um, obviously Ushin Foley did well, um, in the game. Demo was very good. Match was good. I just think, for me, when I look at what we said at the start about it being a a professional performance and the attitude going down I just thought Lee Chin for me when the game was still a game in terms of the first couple of minutes and and um, probably the first quarter the first half Lee led the whole thing um, nailed his freeze got a couple of points worked hard um, and as we know he's he's hugely important to that team he's a real leader um, and I just thought he led in Trilly at the weekend and and um, I think he came away with 14 points 3 from play um, 11 frees I think and um, we're just after talking about Peter Duggan and Tony Kelly and the importance of free taker and, and yeah. that's an important lead to us and even just as a leader I just think he he just um when Lee hurls well, we hurl well. I think that's a fair thing to say, isn't it? Um, and I just thought he was professional in his approach last week. He led the team. He took the game to Kerry at the start and um, got us in the leading position and continued from there. So I'll go with Lee. Good choice. Congratulations to Lee Chin on being the hurler of the week. Um, so your prediction then for the other game? Uh, Cork Galway game. Um, it's going to be three Leinster teams in the semi-finals. God, I love that. I, I would too. I would too. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think it depends on how Galway react after the Leinster final. I think that's a big loss for him. Um, everything that goes with it as well. Um, probably a bit of pressure on him now. A bit of pressure on Henry after everything that's gone on there. Um, I do think if they got a performance... They're still a very, very good side. Um, Cork will be happy enough, the same as we were, to get the win at the weekend. Probably going to Corrigan Park is it an awful lot trickier one. As you see, Antrim 
they put it up to him in a lot of ways, I suppose. But Cork went up, got a performance. He got back on the bus and down the road, and that's what that was all about. So they're happy going into it. Um, they'd probably be underdogs, I'd say. I didn't check their odds now, but um, Cork are favourites. It's an open game. I think. Are they favourites? Yeah. Go I just I just check it again there. I, th- I thought they were. Um, yeah, Cork are check four it there, to, yeah. Cork are four to six, and Galway are six to four. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's why I'm not a bookie. The, well, it's close. It's closer than uh, Wexford Clare in in the eyes of the bookies. But um, yeah, I think if it's an open game and at at an open turless type game, I think Cork would have a fair shout. Um, I I think they have pace that can trouble Galway. Um, they have a bit of a bench now. You see, they brought on Hoggy, brought on Jack O'Connor. Um, Kieran Kingston seems to be making a tough decisions. I know Shane Kingston came off early in the first half, dropped Hoggy last weekend, um, played Tim O'Mahony. Um, yeah, I'd say Cork. I think Cork might give him a. Um, I think Cork will come through that one. What do you think, Ben? Don't care. Oh, Leinster, Leinster all the way. Leinster yeah. all the way for Ben. Leinster all the way, yeah. I go with that too. I go with that too. Anyway, some quick fire questions for you. Who is mm-hmm. the best player you've ever played with? Um, Damien Fitzhenry. Did you technically get to play with him now because you yeah. were so goalie when he was? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played. Um, I played in a few, yeah. I played outfield, yeah. I played um, wing forward with him and full forward and a few bits and pieces of that. Fitzhenry was unbelievable. That's unreal. Yeah. Like, yeah. there would have been times in training where I remember one night in training and we were doing shooting practice and we we're shooting for goals. So, the, the usual back in the day, solo into the 21 and shoot, you know. After, uh, shoot on the run and um no lie like i'd say there was 40 shots gone and no one scored and then lads started going in to 14 <laughs> then, <laughs> again again no one scored and it took someone to win maybe 10 yards and score on him he was unbelievable on unreal and um just such a legend as well as what sure we would have grown up with fitzy being the main man and yeah and um, He's just some of the stuff he could do. Um, and I never forget when I was so goalie with him, the, the last training before championship, say the Thursday night back then probably, at the end of training, you'd always get a shout from Fitzhenry. You'd have to stand in the goal. Stand in the goal for the penalties. <laughs> so he'd pick a couple, he'd, he'd pick myself and a couple of cornerbacks and uh, he'd start hitting penalties. And uh, he'd be hitting the right, but then he'd always finish with nearly three. He'd say, all right, three more. And those three, you wouldn't see him. Bang. You would not see him. And you you were just nearly hoping they wouldn't hit you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on, unreal. So mad. So, well, yeah. I, I, know, I know the way that, uh, that you played and trained and... While I think 99% of people would have been terrified of something like that, I'd say you were looking for that. You, you were trying to stop with your best. You were, you were getting in front <laughs> of it if it was uh, if it was coming at you. Try, yeah, you wouldn't see it though. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the toughest player that you ever played against? Oh God. Um, I'd say... As a forward, Jackie Turl, and as a back, uh, Ben O'Connor, Cork, unbelievable. Just the, the movement, just everything. Everything. First touch, striking left and right, pace, movement, um, gifted, absolutely. Yeah. What type of harlot use? Um, when I was in goal, I used Albert Randall's, obviously. 
because you're trying to copy what Fitzhenry was using. So he was Randall's and uh, unbelievable goalie hurl. And then um, outfield, and I would have ch- chopped and changed a bit. Um, when I was in Cork, I used Cork hurls. Um, back home, then Brian Welch, Decky Barn, Philip, anyone really, whichever. Um, it kind of had my own shape. So I was, I just, I was just going to say, like, yeah, obviously, whoever the Cork person was making him would make it to the same shape as Brian or Decky or Philip would. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of had my own shape, and and I still even I get a couple of star hurlies in Kilkenny here now, but they're all nearly the same shape. So yeah, I need a good hurley maker will do that for you. So, um, many hurls. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the one player that you go to war with? That you go with, or you'd bring with you. <laughs> bring with you. <laughs> if you're going bring to war, you. you want them by your side. I'm going to name two here. And I'm would going you... to say Matthew O'Hanlon and Lee Chin. Would you allow the two, Ben? Well, if they can both be joint captains and walk up the steps exactly, the together, then I suppose we can count it as. Okay. Although that rule, yeah. that's outlawed now. <laughs> technically, technically, but we'll allow it. You can see why I bring the two of them. I'm sure you know it. They're, they're sure, like it doesn't need explanation, does it? Well, no, no, you can see it, and I hope we hope we get to see it again on Saturday. Now, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I, uh, I know, I know, you, I know you've picked uh, uh, Lee as the the hurler of the weekend, deservedly so. But I'm just uh, Matt for me this year is he's like. I'd say there's talk, you know, that he is one of the older lads on the panel. Like, not that old. I think it was 30 or 31. Mm. But uh, I think he's getting better and better this year with each of the games he's playing. Yeah, he's found a different gear, I think. He's kind of um, matches preparation and the way he looks after himself and his mental strength is unbelievable. And um, what a lot of people would have seen over the last number of years is Matthew doing a job for the team. So he was always marking TJ or Wally or whoever it was, and he would do that job to the letter of the law. Um, probably like what you were saying there, Ben, about if Damo goes back on um, Tony Kelly, like that you don't see the other side of him. And... Uh, Matthew was doing that for us for years. Um, but I think this, yeah, he's flying. He's really, really going well. He's in great shape. Um, you just see him bombing forward and he's getting more comfortable on the ball as well. Um, and uh, probably he's a bit more freedom now with not being captain, I suppose. And um, then the older you get, the more freedom you get. The older you get, you... It's probably a pity, really, in a way, like your younger years, you probably get a little bit lost in things. And it's only when you get to the 30s and past that that you're kind of more comfortable and the pressure doesn't get to you as much, I suppose. And you kind of appreciate everything and you go express yourself. And it's kind of um, you'd often hear players saying that, that it's nearly too late by the time they um realize that and um you see Matthew and Lee Morgan these lads now that they're kind of really matured and um are really driving it again you know yeah okay last one now what is your favorite moment favorite or most memorable moment from your career um it's all the one but Leinster final 2019 obviously final whistle um going out onto the field meeting my family after the match um met my father and my brother my trailock and uh, my wife Jackie my nieces and just meeting them after the match I suppose because it's kind of You'd often hear people talking about the 
and I would have spoke about this with the lads as well. You'd hear talk people talking about the sacrifices to play and players making sacrifices and this and that. Yeah. I don't think you do. I think it's your family that make the sacrifices, or your wife, or your partner, or your kids, or your father or mother. They're the ones who are making sacrifices, dropping you to Patrick's Park for 24 hours to trials years ago and waiting in the car and bringing you to minor games and or your family, you can't go to a wedding, um, you can't go on holidays, uh, you're coming home after training and you're not on the team for the weekend and you're in bad form and you don't want to talk to anyone and um, all that, like, it's, 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 the, it's them that make the sacrifices and the sacrifices to their life and I just think when, it was one of the best things that I've seen, like, it, all the lads just were with their parents and their their girlfriends and their brothers and sisters just underneath the end of the Hogan there and that stayed there for ages after the game and everyone going around to each other's parents then because we all would have known each other's parents and stuff and that was really really nice and that's something I'll always take with me and we have a, a huge amount of photos of that um, and then Gory the bus going through Gory mm-hmm. was out of this world, unbelievable. Just never forget it. We need so, more days like it. We do, yeah. So it's 2019, yeah. It's great to hear the, the passion and mm. the love you clearly have for it. Ah, sure, listen, it's great. Great to be able to do it, and it only it's got it's got on about it there. Like it 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 only seems like yesterday when you're hopping in the car with Myler coming up from <laughs> from Cork and and now you're at the other side of it mad mental how how many years were you traveling from from Cork from Cork Jeez, um, it, must have taken, it must have been tough um, so 06 06 until 2014 and then we moved to Dublin for two years. So I gave 15 and 16 coming down from Dublin. And I thought Dublin was unreal because should we used to meet at the at uh, Plucks, is it? In Kilmacanog? Yeah. And sure there was three cars of us like. Yeah, we were cracking. I thought it was unreal. I was driving up. I had owned Quigley for years and then the last couple of years in Cork I was coming up on my own um, but at the time I didn't think I know it but looking back on it now I think is kind of madness like I just I remember myself and Quigley would have back in 09 and 10 I think Cranford was the only pitch with lights maybe 08 or 09 maybe around then Remember Cranford had lights before anyone? Yeah. Mm. We used to train in Cranford. So Stephen so Cranford, Yeah, it was an extra half hour. And I couldn't tell you the amount of nights now that we said from Quigley would get out of the car and it could be one of us either night and you'd be in the middle of training and the next minute you'd see the other lad after pulling up with a hamstring or something like that. Just... But you didn't think I'd love it at the time. But the more sciencey it got, and the more um, into form rolling and band work and all that, um, you look back on it and go, "That was crazy, yeah. crazy stuff." Like, and then hop back in the car and be back in Cork at half one. But two or three times a week. <laughs> yeah, probably twice a week. Yeah, Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, maybe up at the weekend for a match. Yeah. But then you wouldn't change it either. Like, you know, it's great to be able to do it and just. Plenty of people would have loved to be able to do it, and um, it doesn't last forever. You have to move on, right? You know, well, I guess it just shows uh, how much you, how much love that you had that you you do that. I mean, Jesus, the traveling! Oh God! Yeah, mad. But then, like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, I know. <laughs> I know. You know. Like you know, when we were going up, Ben, and you're like, your dad is bringing you to Crow Park in '96 and '97, 
Do you know, like, mm. why wouldn't you want to do it? I suppose. Mm. Until you're doing it and you're there going, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, Ana, for, for joining us. No problem, lads. Damien Fitzhenry is the best at what he did to ever play it. Unquestionably was the best there ever was. My God, he was just so good. A magician. I'm the youngest of the 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tower barrels. Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Thanks very much to Aina for chatting with us. I think, Gary, you, I assume, would feel the same. Like, in, it's almost, to hear Aina's, you know, his commitment and his drive for Wexford Hurling, it's almost inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely, yeah. I just I just love the picture and just the moment for himself and his family and the other players and their family after the Leinster final in 2019. Another man who loves Wexford Hurling as well, Shane Tompkins, unfortunately couldn't make it. The could, could be listening to the podcast who've got a knock on the door from Shane Tompkins in the past as he is a Jehovah's Witness. Well, he was down in Tralee at the game at, at the weekend, obviously, and he decided he was going to do a bit of knocking door-to-door down in Kerry, so he couldn't make the podcast, unfortunately. We'll be back soon with another podcast next week, hopefully talking about a fantastic victory and looking forward to an All-Ireland semi-final. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to our sponsor, the NSCRT Credit Union. Oh, Wexford. <laughs>